0: Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Identifying and Meaning the Language Preferences of Health Plan Members. This podcast is exited from a webinar presented live on September 11, 2018. In this podcast, Albert Cardenas, Director of Customer Services at Cal Optima, gives an overview of how Cal Optima identifies their members' language preferences.
1: Thank you, Darcy, and thank you, everyone, for joining today's webinar. Uh, We hope that the information provided today will be beneficial for your organization. Uh, Today I will be covering CalOptima's process for identifying member language preferences. Next slide, please. So, Just a brief bio on CalOptima. We are a county-organized health plan. Uh, We are one of six county-organized health plans in the state of California. Uh, We were established in 1993. Uh, we are the largest health insurer and the only Medicare-Medicaid plan in Orange County. Our membership is over 750,000 members, uh, which is comprised of dual eligible beneficiaries, uh, children, adults, seniors, and people with disabilities. Uh, we also offer a dual eligible uh, special needs plan, or DSNIP. Uh Our membership is very diverse. Our members speak over 50 languages. Next slide, please. So in Orange County, we have six threshold languages. We have Spanish, Vietnamese, Farsi, Korean, Chinese, and Arabic. Uh, When a threshold language is reached, what it means is that we are required to provide written material in that language. Uh, Now the state sets the guidance on when a threshold language needs to be implemented. Uh, The threshold languages uh, are required when a non-English language reaches 3,000 members. Or those that meet the concentration standards of one thousand members in one zip code or fifteen hundred members in two continuous zip codes, so the reason why we focus on identifying uh, and meeting language preferences to ensure is to ensure that our members receive member materials and notifications in their threshold languages and are greeted in their native language when they request assistance. Um, it also allows us to monitor and determine how close we are in, uh, to reaching a new threshold language so we can prepare and plan for implementation. Next slide, please. So we use several methods to identify a member's primary language and, and language preference. Uh, through uh, One is a, through the state eligibility data file that we receive uh, through the enrollment process when a member enrolls into our MMP, our Medicare, Medicaid plan, or, or our DSNIP plan. Uh, during the health risk, risk assessment or the HRA process and during daily customer service uh, interactions. Okay. Next slide. So CalOptima is the only Medicaid provider in Orange County. So all beneficiaries who reside in Orange County are automatically enrolled upon qualifying for Medicaid. So we initially learn of the members' language preference through the state Medicaid eligibility file. Uh, the file contains, uh, you know, enrollment information, um, eligibility information, which includes the language preference data. Uh, now, at times, the data in the eligibility file is incomplete or inaccurate, so we do use other methods to identify language preference uh, directly from our members. Now, is a uh, next slide, please? So as I mentioned before, our medi- we offer a Medicare, Medicaid plan, and a DSNIP plan. So members that are already enrolled in our Medicaid plan uh, and meet the eligibility criteria for these plans can elect to enroll. So during the enrollment process, uh, the sales agent confirms the member's spoken and written language preference. Uh, the agent records that information in the enrollment application. Uh, that application when it's sent to our enrollment department, uh, the that, the language. Uh, information is recorded in our eligibility system. The next slide, please. So, Upon enrolling in CalOptima's uh, MMP or DsNP plan, all members are assigned a personal care coordinator or a PCC. Uh, a PCC is a member's uh, main point of person who helps with all aspects of their healthcare needs. And we work closely uh, in customer service, we work closely with them to uh, you know, coordinate our efforts to help the members. Uh, this includes assisting uh, the members with completing the, the HRA. So when possible um, for Threshold Languages, the member is matched uh, to a PCC who speaks their language. Uh, the HRAs are mailed to all new members uh, when they enroll and annually uh, in the language preference on record for our Threshold Languages. Uh, the PCC conducts outreach to members uh, at least three attempts uh, to assist the member with completing the HRA uh, using an interpreter when when necessary. Uh, Any members that that, uh, do not speak a threshold language receive a HRA in English, uh, which the PCC, along with an interpreter, can assist in completing over the phone. So the PCC will confirm and update the member's language preference during this process so it can be updated in our system. Next slide, please. So our customer service uh, call center staff frequently interact with members uh, through routine incoming calls or during outreach calls. And because we are also we are a local plan, uh, we receive uh, office visits from our members daily. Uh, some members do, uh, especially our LEP members, uh, they prefer to come in uh, in person to, to request assistance rather than calling over the phone. Uh, when the member calls our call center, uh, the calls are routed to a bilingual customer service rep Based on the threshold language prompt, the member selects, and we have prompts for every threshold language that we uh, that we um, that we offer. Uh, and of course, for non-threshold languages, we use the language line to assist. So during the interaction, the customer service rep follows our established process for checking the language on record uh, in our eligibility system and the language that is being spoken during the call. So if the language on record and the language uh, being spoken during the call Uh, matches our eligibility system, then no action is taken because we know that the information is accurate. Uh, If the language on record and the language being spoken during the call does not match our eligibility system, the customer service rep asks for the preferred language and whether they would like for us to update our system. If if there is a language preference change or update request, uh, that that information is sent to our enrollment department uh, uh, to process and update our system. Now, there are instances where a member wants the written material sent in English, even though they speak a threshold language because their family members manage their health care, so we also take that into account and are able to enter the preferred spoken and written language in our system uh, but for the most part, the members uh, that fall into our threshold languages want uh, written information in their in the language they speak, and sometimes they ask for both they ask us to send uh, to keep the English Uh, language indicator in our system, so all the information goes out in English, but they do uh, call and request the information in their threshold language, and that's upon request. Next slide, please. Okay, so as the language preferences are updated in our system, the information is also shared with the providers. So, we share them in two ways. So, our capitated providers. Uh, Capitated contractor providers receive daily and eligibility monthly files, which contains this information. Uh, Non-capitated or non-contracted providers can access the information through CalOptimus provider portal. Uh, Any updates received by the customer service call center and uh, and other means uh, will be added to the data file and the provider portal once our core eligibility system has been updated. So, any further written correspondence uh, and member materials uh, will be sent uh, in the threshold language. The next slide, please So we hire multilingual staff to support our six threshold languages. Uh, bilingual and multilingual staff are hired uh, in several departments, uh, of course customer service, uh, cultural and linguistics, uh, grievance and appeals, uh, community relations, case management and behavioral health. Uh, and we believe that the hiring uh, bilingual and multilingual staff Rather than just hiring telephonic interpreters, helps members feel more connected to our plan. Uh, members tend to call more often when they have issues because they know they will be connected to, you know, a familiar voice, someone they know, rather than having a, an interpreter, uh, a different interpreter every time they call. Next slide, please. Okay. So our customer service staff goes through five weeks of training uh, during onboarding. Uh, additional training is provided uh, as needed during monthly staff meetings and in one-on-one situations. Uh, the, tra- the trainer addresses cultural competency and a step-by- step-by-step process, which I went over in slide 28 on identifying uh, language preference. Now, part of the training that we also part of the training is to uh, include uh, recordings uh, of calls that uh, were handled by existing staff, so the new staff that's coming on board can get an idea what to expect when they begin when they begin taking calls uh, the customer service trainers stressed the importance of capturing the members' language preference as part of our overall customer service high valued uh, person centered care that we provide. Uh, the trainer also reports to the supervisor and managers uh, twice a week or more often on the status of each trainee and and brings up any concerns that we that that were observed because we found that uh, we could, we can get a good indication of how uh, a representative a new coming on board is going to perform based on uh the training uh, and how they how they're handling the training how they're absorbing the information and, and so we get a good sense of of um, of what um, kind of rep that, that's going to be out on the floor so customer service supervisors also conduct daily call audits throughout the month. To ensure the call was handled based on our established processes, uh, the audit form contains a section that scores the customer service rep on how well they the, how well and accurately they identified the language preference uh, of the member during the call. So even our, our call um, documentation templates have a, a, a kind of a Q and A questions and answers to, so to remind the staff uh, as they're going through the call what questions what are the standard questions to ask like the PHI. Uh, and uh, what l- did the member request an interpreter? Uh, was uh, did the member's language match our system? Yes and no. And if no, the actions they took. So every time the, the rep, uh, you know, takes a call and opens up a documentation template, that information is always there. So they won't forget to ask or to, you know, go through that process with the members. Next slide, please. So language preference data is used to determine how Kalatama staff uh, serves members through written material and interpretation. So for written materials, the information is used to identify members that would benefit from materials in threshold languages other than English. As I mentioned before, some members, uh, you know, want that information in English, but also uh, request that information in their language, uh, and uh, so they can uh, be able to read and also have their family members who are, you know, in most cases, mainly speaking. Uh, uh, English-speaking um, family members, you know, handle their affairs. Uh, materials are translated in, in all threshold languages through a three-step process, which is the, you know, the document is translated uh, by a translator, uh, then it goes to a second translator for review, which is now called reviewer, and any edits or corrections are identified and then sent back to the to the original translator for final review and completion of the document. So this process. Uh, kind of keeps a balance in check to make sure that the the document is accurately translated. In addition to uh, internal interpreters, uh, we contract with vendors to provide face-to-face interpreting, video interpreting, and telephonic interpreting uh, for threshold and non-threshold languages. This ensures that we always have adequate interpreters uh, available for our members. And the video interpreting uh, it is helpful because uh, when members come, come into our office, we have uh, members that are, uh, speak American Sign Language, so with that uh, we can get a, a video interpreter on the line uh, where they can see the, the person uh, using American Sign Language to communicate, and then we are able to um, communicate with the member in that manner. Next slide, please. Okay, so uh, telephonic interpretation is always available to members. Uh, Face-to-face interpretation for medical appointments is also available, and we can provide the service as long as the member requests in advance. Usually two weeks, uh, we ask members to call us two weeks in advance. If the member does not provide advance notice, we will make every effort to schedule the face-to-face interpreter. Uh, If that cannot be done, we will arrange a telephonic interpreter, so the member will still be able to communicate with the provider during the office visit. Uh, so the first step the member takes to request a face-to-face interpreter is to contact customer service. Uh, customer service would take the request. Uh, the request is then forwarded to a cultural and linguistics department. Uh, the cultural and linguistics department would then uh, contact the provider uh, to confirm the date and time of the appointment just to make sure that uh, that the information that the member provided during the phone call was, was correct because we found that you know we had, we, when we didn't have that in place, we schedule the interpreter, and we found that some appointments were uh, were on the wrong date or the wrong hour because the member, you know, got confused on what the information uh, the doctor gave him or the appointment time. So, so we put that in place just to ensure that we have the right date and time of the appointment. Uh, after that is done, uh, the the C N L rep contacts our our vendor to arrange the face interpreter. Once the interpreter is booked, the representative Contacts the member to provide the update, and we also have uh, contracted health networks uh, or medical groups that handle uh, that manage our members as well, and uh, they have that same pro- this same process. Uh, and we do re- and we receive uh, they're required to submit quarterly reports to Caloptima that indicate the number of telephonic and face-to-face interpreters they provided, uh, and this is on a quarterly basis. So uh, Caloptima's model is uh, better together. Uh, our mission uh, is to provide members with access to quality health care service delivered at a cost effective and compassionate manner. And we think it reflects uh, what we do with our LEP members uh, because it ensures that they have access to their health care without encountering uh, language barriers. So I'd like to thank you for your time today.
0: Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes a full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated and coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.